Welcome to Bourbon Beards and Belvedere's. I'm Adam. And I'm Paul. And today we're going to talk about some cigars, some beer products, and some bourbon. In last week's post, I alluded to a couple surprises. One of them is our new co-host, Jerry. It's going, I guess. So Jerry's going to be joining us from now on, on Bourbon Beards and Belvedere's. Uh, Jerry is also a fan of bourbon, cigars, and he has a beard. And I'm sure he uses beer products. So um, uh, I do. <laughs> our other surprise is the host of Ken Sconson on YouTube, none other than Mr. Ken Salee himself. How you doing, Ken? Hey, doing great, man. Appreciate you guys having me on. I'm looking forward to it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Glad you're here. Glad you're here with us. Uh, to give folks a little bit of a background, Ken and I have known each other for, I was doing the math the other day, about 30 years, I guess. Ken and I went to church together. Uh, we know each other's families. We lost touch there for a while. After high school, Ken's a year or two older than I am. He went into the military and served our country. Thank you very much for that, Ken. I appreciate that. When he resurfaced on my radar, I believe it was Bluegrass Bearded. Is that correct? Yeah, that's how I started doing beard stuff. And I've, I've gone through a few uh, changes, you know, trying some other things since then and came back to beards and moved to Wisconsin. I'm sure we're probably going to talk about all this, but yeah, so that's where the name change came from. So give us a little background on Bluegrass Bearded, how that all started, what, what, uh, other than just growing a beard, what, what got you interested in that? So, I've, I mean, I've always loved creating things, right? I proposed to my wife with a, with a video that I made. Um, it's just something I've always enjoyed is creating content before content was content before, before what we know is content now. Right. I just like to create things. Um, as far as getting into beards, so when I got out of the Army, literally the last time that I've completely shaved my face was the day I took the uniform off. I got tired of having to shave every day, being forced to shave, and I was like, you know what, I'm never shaving again. Um, the problem is it never looked good, right? So I would keep it really short, uh, working in the office all the time, wearing a shirt and tie, things like that after the Army. Uh, I can never make it look good, so I always kept it shaved short. Um, but I wanted to give it a go. I wanted to grow it long, you know? So one day I'm, I'm searching YouTube, I'm trying to find some, you know, some good beard products, some advice, you know, whatever. And I stumbled across a video. Um, the first beard video that I saw on YouTube was Dan C. Bearded's morning routine video, which is his most popular video that there is that he has. Um, found that video and then went down the rabbit hole like you guys have all probably done on whatever topic, right? Whether it's bourbon or whatever. Um, you start watching one YouTube video, you you watch a bunch of that creator. Then you find another one. You just keep watching YouTube. I think we all do that. Um, and, and so that's what I did. I started finding other beard content. And uh, eventually I was like, you know what? I really want to, I, I want to do this stuff too. I was starting to buy beard products. I had a, a good collection going. I got some of it sitting, you know, back here. And that's really how it started. I got interested in doing it from that standpoint. So, so give us a, give, give us a little, um, a little history on the switch up there from bluegrass bearded to Ken Sconson, how, how that all, that whole Genesis, how that came about. So, yeah, you know, there's some things that I do when I create that, um, you know, people will reach out and ask me, you know, how did you do this? How did you mask yourself? From, you know, I've made videos where I'm having a conversation with myself, right. Uh, just different ways of editing, masking, things like that. And um, there's always been people asking me, how do you do this? How did you do that? You know, how did you, you know, whatever, ABC. So I, I got to where I was kind of almost coaching people on how to create content, right? And I really, really enjoyed that. 
Um, I did a live stream one time with Doc Rock. He's a content creator coach. And I was like, you know what? This is cool. Like, I I, sh- I want to try to do this too. So I started doing that also. Um, actually started a business out of it. it. Was was coaching content creators. I was doing one-on-one consults with people from TikTok, from YouTube, things like that. Um, it was a lot of fun. Trying to manage two channels, you know, it was really hard, but I was trying to manage two channels. Well, you know, come... July, uh, 20, I mean, going back before this, but, but essentially July, 2022, um, I had retired from Fort Knox and we started to plan our move up to Wisconsin. I got a new job, you know, in the private sector. First time I had not worked for, you know, the army in 20 years, 23 years, something like that. And so it got really hard at that point to manage two channels. Um, and it was even harder to do the content creator coaching as a business, right? Because, you know, people that run a business, I don't know if you guys have, um, but it takes so much work. Um, I'll be honest, I'm not cut out for it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do the taxes. I don't want to do all the legal crap. So, um, you know, I kind of stepped away from doing that. I went from doing content creator coaching to just talking about true crime. Uh, And that was fun, but true crime content gets taken down too much because of the topics and, you know, platforms don't like, oh yeah, yeah. If you tell if you tell a story the right way, um, especially with true crime and some of the topics that that includes, the platforms don't like some of those details. So your videos just don't get shown or they'll get taken down. Um, so anyway, long story short, you know, there for a while I was um, just kind of creating whatever, having fun, but I really miss doing the beard stuff. So um, you came back to the beard stuff full time. And now that's that's what I'm doing that in fitness. So. All right. I, I've seen some of your your. Uh... Is it 75 strong? Is that right? Yeah. 75 hard. 75 hard. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen some of those videos and, um, well, the hard part is, um, clearly not a misnomer. It does not look like it's easy whatsoever. Um, and that's, that's pretty amazing. Especially I, I saw the other day you were talking about, uh, you had a broken toe and, or a broken bone in your foot and, and didn't even know it. And you were, you know, doing these long, long, hikes with this uh i don't know what was it a 40 or 50 pound ruck whatever on your back yep. um that's absolutely insane to me that's that's absolutely craziness i did not realize it was broken like it, it's been hurting for a couple of months but it never hurt that bad i went to the va finally to get it checked out you know it took me a while to get that appointment anyway but um yeah they did an x-ray and they were like yeah your foot was broken it's pretty much healed now she said when did you notice it was hurting and i was like well this was back in march and she said, well, you broke your foot back in March then. I said, you got to be kidding me. I, okay, cool. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's crazy. Well, I'd, I'd say you probably have some conditioning in turn in, in, in the ways of of uh, long marches and, and long hikes and running and things of that nature with in, in complete discomfort, considering the the military puts you through hell, you know. Um, you yeah, know, you just you learn to embrace the suck. It is what it is. <laughs> uh now i don't want to get too in depth with uh bad memories or or any of that but um were you were you deployed overseas at all i was deployed to kosovo um okay. i got hurt um between that deployment and really when iraq kicked off so um never deployed to iraq and then was medically separated in 2004 okay so never made it to iraq or afghanistan but kosovo is cool so yeah so are are you still um I know you said that it was too much to manage the uh the multiple channels and all but is it 
is it still something that's interested that you're interested in as far as uh, coaching, you know, uh, people with content creation and things of that nature? Not, not on a full-time, like concentrated basis, you know, uh-huh. uh, I, I, if people ask me questions or whatever, I'm always more than happy to help people, you know, but as far as doing it as a full-time thing, no beards, beards is where I'm at, where I'm supposed to be, what I love to do the most. And, um, that's where I'm back with. So do you, uh, do you have a specific brand or a specific product that is your favorite that you would uh-huh. recommend if somebody were to say, Hey, Tell me your favorite thing. Is there something that pops to mind immediately? I mean, if somebody asked me for a specific, I mean, the first couple of companies, I can't say I have a favorite. There's so many good companies using different types of oils in different scents. Mm-hmm. It's 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 almost impossible to pick a favorite. Um, but I mean, my short list, you know, Weatherbeard Supply, he's out of Ohio. Well, I'm sorry, he's out of Tennessee now. He moved from Ohio to Tennessee. Um, there's Weatherbeard Supply. There's Beard Octane, Defined Beard Company. Um, you know, the bearded Mac out of Virginia, um, definitely have a list of favorites, but picking one of those, I don't think I could, it's like picking your favorite kid, you know, I I get that. I do understand that. Um, I actually introduced Paul to a a brand last week. I'm, I'm curious if you've heard of it, that one. And the one that we're going to talk about this week, um, the Nicholas beard works. Have you ever heard of them? I've heard of them. I've never, never tried them. So they make each and every order by hand, by order. Um, and then their, their, their bottles, I don't have it down here with me now, but uh, Paul and I were talking about it last week. It's um, they, they might be coming close to copyright infringement as far as uh, yeah, they've got that red oh. makers mark wax drip going on, but it it's um, that it's, it's tobacco vanilla is the one that, that I have. And I think that's, uh, that's the one that Paul got to. And it's, it's absolutely amazing. It's a, it's a, it's a wonderful, uh, wonderful scent. And then this week we're doing uh fable beard co. Have you ever heard of them out of Nashville? I have. Yep. Yep. I've, I've talked to Colin. Colin's a great guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fable. He's got the dude's a marketing genius for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has blown his company up through great marketing and, and, and good products of course, but um, yeah. Yep. I'm very familiar with fable. So we um we all met through a different podcast that is no longer around called the Blue Collar Bourbon Show. And every now and again they would live stream on on YouTube their show when they were recording. And if memory serves, they did it with Colin. And I believe he was wearing a like a almost like a wizard's type robe kind of right. situation going on there. You couldn't see him. He was his back was to the camera, but um, I'd always intended to to try them out. And then, you know, because there's so many out there, I just completely forgot about the brand. And I hate, I hate to say that, but I got to be honest, Paul reminded me and I grabbed, I grabbed a bottle of their oil and I, I really liked it. So what'd uh, you, what'd you grab? I grabbed the strategist. It's a uh, leather and tobacco. Okay. Um, I, uh, I need to grab some of their other products. Um, I, I, so I generally I stick to oils and waxes, waxes for my mustache, oils for my beard. Um, I've got a couple balms, but not really my thing so much. Um, but the the oils and the waxes generally what I gravitate towards. Um, and I've got a couple 
waxes that I generally stick to. Oh, the bearded bastard and death grip, I think is what they're called. Something like that. Uh, the right. death grip is, is it might as well be glue that I'm putting in that it's used for competitions. Like it is crazy, crazy sticky, but the, um, the, uh, the strategist, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. I like it. It's very leather forward. Um, there's not as much tobacco in there as I would prefer, but the tobaccos that I have, they're generally, I have a, a cigar blend from um, Grave Before Shave. And then I have the tobacco vanilla from Nick, Nicholas Beardworks. I've had three different bottles of that stuff and I'm almost out. I'm going to have to get another bottle. Um, but I, I like the, I like the scent. I like the way that it, the way that it works being more leather forward and, and less tobacco. It, it works pretty well. And there's hints of vanilla in there too. It's not overpowering. It's, it's good stuff. So I like right. it. Right. Paul, you were going to say, I think I cut you off. You're going to say something, Paul. No, I was just going to jump in and say that, yeah, Nicholas, which we did last week, that was the first time I've used that brand and I became a huge fan right away. I think what they're doing is great stuff, but Fable has been my brand, my kind of my go-to. I like trying new things, but Fable's what I always have in, in the cabinet going back a couple of years now. Um, I think they're a great brand. Everything they do is, you know, natural oils. Um, I tend to lean oil more than any other product for my beard also. Um, and their scents are crazy. They're wild. They're always coming up with new scents. The one I'm wearing today and I'm going to talk about is Patriot, which is essentially it's like a pecan pie on your face, but not in the, like a weird, you know, bad way. It smells it just smells really good. That's my go-to. My daughter loves that scent the most. So uh, Patriot's one I've bought multiple times, but I have a whole bunch of different scents um, of oils through through Fable. Yeah, he's got some great scents. Do you have Dr. Wolf? No, the only ones I have left that I could grab out was the Wizard and the Cuban and the Patriot. Okay. So Dr. Wolf is like a blueberry tobacco. Oh, okay. It's That's my favorite Fable scent is that Dr. Wolf. Um, yeah, he, he does some fantastic scents. And then, like I said, Nicholas Beer Works, I've never tried, but his bottles are his bottles are gorgeous, those skull bottles. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, he does do the wax thing. I don't know the, the rules on on copyright and all that but um he does a good job with his bottles yeah i think he's close <laughs> he's close <laughs> to getting a letter in the mail but uh good for them they're doing good stuff yeah yeah there's there's so many good small batch beard product or beard companies out there and i love that the industry is expanding you know a lot of guys grow a beard and, and i'm sure you guys probably much like me started this way where you saw some beard products in walmart or rite aid or whatever and you're like oh let me try this stuff and you know, I, I won't name the brand, but there is a store brand that I bought a while back. That really, I mean, so a while back, meaning kind of when I first started buying products and I hated it. I couldn't stand it. My beard, it was greasy. It just, you know, it, it sat on top of the beard. My beard felt really bad. And I was like, well, if this is beard oil, I don't want anything to do with this. And that's one thing that motivates me to do what I do with my channels, because, you know, there's so many guys that want to grow beards and they pick up this stuff at, at Walmart you know, or wherever. And they think that that's what beard oil is. And it's not these small batch companies that we're talking about, like Fable, like Nicholas Beardworks, you know, like Weatherbeard, Beard Octane, all these companies that I support and love, they're doing it the right way. Natural oils, like you were talking about, they feel great in the beard. And once people see that and know that, and they realize that this stuff that they're buying in stores is not good, they're more likely to keep and grow that beard that they want. So yeah, that's what I'm trying to do with my, with my brand, with my channel. Yeah, no, appreciate that. I mean, I'm 
I'm a big proponent for. If you can't pronounce the one of the ingredients, then it's probably not the right product for your beer. For the most part, absolutely. Now, have you ever thought about possibly releasing your own brand? Have you ever made your own oils and waxes and things like that? No, I mean, I tried to make one like several years ago, really before I started getting into these small batch companies. Um, no, it's, it's not something that I'm really interested in. Um, the, these guys that are doing it, you know, the, these companies that are doing it, they're geniuses of what they do. Um, I've worked with a couple of companies and I have some collaborations since that we made together. Um, but as far as making my own, no, no, it's not, not for me. I, I gave it a shot. It's been about four years ago now just to see if I could do it. Um, and I can, it's not something that anybody should ever use, but I can do it. It's, I mean, it's technically waxy, <laughs> right? <laughs> it didn't stink. All the ingredients that I used were, were natural ingredients, beeswax, jojoba oil, avocado oil, uh, almond oil, those types of things. But it's not something that you wanted that it's, it's not something that I've continued to use. I've got all the products sitting right over here on a shelf. I'm, I might as well throw the box away. I'm never going to get it back out and try again because it was, it was just, there's so many good products out there. And then we've got folks like you leading the charge to tell people, Hey, buy this, this is amazing. Or, you know, this is, this is, you know, if you're looking for this kind of thing, then this might be your kind of product. Maybe I don't necessarily like it so much, that kind of thing. You know, um, it's good to have folks that can, that can lead you down the right path. So Yep. I've, I've got those kind of videos and I even have the video where I tell you this brand and this product, you don't want this in your beard. I don't recommend this to you. I've got those videos too. And those are, those are hard videos to do, you know, to take something that somebody has put some time in to make, um, and basically make a video to tell the world that, that this stuff does not belong in your beard respectfully, right? I'm not going to bash any company, but, um, respectfully, this product is not something that you should put in because of, in this case of this company, because of the ingredients they were using. Um, those are hard videos to do, but they're necessary because again, it's, if, if people don't realize what products are good and what's not, then they're more likely to give up and, you know, not keep that beard. So honestly, I think that the, the videos where you say don't use this are probably more necessary than the ones where you say do. Right. You know, if you've got a list of things not to use, then just by process of elimination, you know what what is good enough to use in your beard. So, yep. and a lot of people don't realize too that it's not beard oil isn't necessarily only for the hair on your face; it's also for your skin, right? You don't want something that's going to clog it, clog up the pores, cause you to break out. Um, you don't want something that's going to sit in the follicle and cause the hair to stiffen up inside the follicle because your beard will actually become painful. I've, I've had that happen and I've yeah. had to get in the shower and scrub my face with my fingernails until my face was just bright, bright red because there was so much junk in my follicles that it just, it was, it actually hurt. It hurt to lay down. It hurt to touch it. Um, so having somebody to say, don't use this is, you know, it's, it's extremely beneficial. Yeah. Yep. So again, there's a lot of bad stuff out there and, um, you know, some people, you know, create this stuff. They think it's a quick money maker, And, um, I mean, it could be, but odds are like everything else, you're not going to make a lot of money up front, but that's what some people, that's their motivation for doing it. So they'll just throw anything out there. And yeah. 
got to avoid that stuff. Sure. Yeah, we uh, Jerry and I actually, um, in addition to this, we're on another podcast called the Poor Man's Poor, and um, we've made no money. You know, it's uh, it's it's more of a, a a fun thing, a passion project, kind of a way for us all to to just hang out and and whatever. But if we could pass some knowledge along in the process, you know, all the better, right? So, right. Um, I've had a beard for twenty years. Um, I think Paul probably came out of the womb with that beard. So, <laughs> um, you know, it, it, we, we've learned a thing or two along the way, Jerry, uh, Jerry's quite a bit younger than the rest of us. Um, so, you know, we've had beards longer than Jerry has, <laughs> but as long as I've been around, <laughs> <laughs> thanks Jerry. Thanks for that. Uh, yeah, no problem. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, I mean, I, I'd venture a guess to say that Jerry's probably got a healthy amount of beard products in his home um he probably knows a thing or two it really doesn't take a lot right to to learn especially now when you've got social media and you've got youtube and you've got these things with people like yourself that can tell you what to buy and what not to buy but generally it's something that you can um you can at least learn pretty quickly what works for you and what doesn't because not every face is the same either right absolutely yeah yep there's there's some carrier oils that some people just don't like that others do um, there's nothing wrong with those oils. You know, we're not talking about what I was talking about a minute ago where you shouldn't use them. Um, they're great oils, but there's, you know, there's some people that don't like fractionated coconut oil it dries their skin out. You know, there's some people that don't like, um, emu or ostrich oil because, you know, they may be more on the vegan side of things or, you know, they don't want bird oil in their skin. Um, me personally, I love emu and ostrich. Give me all the bird oil. Um, <laughs> You know, and there there's allergies, right? I mean, some of these are, are nut oils, you know, sweet almond oil, you know, a lot of these come from, you know, natural nuts. There may be allergies. So, um, yeah, you learn what works for you. Um, absolutely. That's one product or one, one aspect of these products that I've learned that I like specifically are the nut oils, the, the almond oils, very specifically. I put a very fine point on that. I really like, um, uh, the viscosity, uh, you know, the, the, the way that it, cause it, it, it seems to get into your beard. Um, if it's too heavy on the nut oils, it does seem like it can be a little greasy. If you do it right, then it works just fine. And, um, it often, it often helps give it a, um, I don't know. Uh, it, it's, it's almost like it helps carry through the vanillas that I like. Um, for me anyway, that's, that's my personal experience. Um, but again, you know, I, I base a lot of what I like on the scent that's, you know, and that's the surface. Then you got to, you know, how it makes your beard feel, how it makes your face feel, all those kinds of things. But I generally look for something with, with vanilla in the scent. I, I'm a big, big proponent of vanilla flavors. Um, that's generally one of the things I look for in bourbons. If I get, if I get some vanilla notes in there, I'm automatically a fan. Um, and that's the same with, with beard products. I really like things that, you know, uh, scents that have vanilla in them, at least a hint. It doesn't have to be, you know, I don't need, I don't need, need to smell like I've rubbed my face with vanilla beans. Right. Um, right. So, um, I'm a big fan of, of the, the nut oils. Um, I've, I don't know that I've ever had anything with ostrich oil, but uh, now that you've said that I'm, I'm definitely going to be on the lookout for, for something, uh, give it a shot and, and see how I feel about it. 
Yep. Check out Magic City Beard Co. Magic City Beard Co. Magic City. Mike, uh, Mike and Anna are the owners out of Miami. Um, really great people. Um, and they use ostrich oil. Um, they have an ostrich CBD line also where they have some CBD oil in their in their stuff. So Okay. Okay. That's great. So um how is the new I guess it's not new. You just re did did you start a new channel entirely or did you just rebrand Bourbon Beard or, or I'm sorry, did you just rebrand Bluegrass Bearded to Kinsconsin? Just rebranded it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I've got, you know, so, you know, all the stuff that I've done in the past working with companies, you know, I still still companies I love and working with them. I didn't want to completely give up the channel, um, but I did want to rebrand it, you know, to include the fitness and stuff like that. You know, the fitness thing kind of came about because of all the weight that I've lost, you know, 86 pounds at this point that I've lost. Congratulations, um, by the way. Yeah, nice. I appreciate I appreciate that. Um, and that's. And really what happened is I got out of the army and got fat, right? If we're being honest. Um, so I used to be in such good shape and then got out of the army and um, did not stay in shape. So I fixed that. But um, yeah, I wanted to keep the fitness in there because, uh, you know, creating fitness content is something that helps me also stay accountable. Um, and I just love doing it. So um, rebranded it to that and still picked up right kind of where I left off and still going with it. I, I've definitely been keeping an eye on the on the 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 live the live streams and the the channel itself. Um, it's um you know I try to stay active. Um, and I I train MMA uh, four days a week, and I've kind of fallen out of the gym um, because summertime, four kids at home, it's a little harder to do. I work from home. You know, but um, with with kids here that are too young to stay by themselves, I can't really zip down to the gym. So uh, right. once I go back to school, looking for that to to become a thing. But um, watching you, that's 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 been inspirational because I, I actually did um, a few years ago lose sixty pounds myself, and I got I got a little bit too low, um, and it was it was hard. I uh, I lost. 60 pounds in six months. Uh, nice. And I was, I cut my calories back to 1200 per day and I was eating nothing but ground Turkey and Jasmine rice. And, um, and then I've been slowly bulking back up to the weight that I was, but in a better way than I did it before. Cause I was, I was just fat. So, um, I know it's, the feeling. It, <laughs> <laughs> it's good to see you. Uh, good to see you. You uh, uh, going through that journey. It 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 makes me want to get back in the gym, um, or at least get out and walk around my neighborhood, do something besides being, you know, a, a lump on the couch. So uh, yeah, it's it's easy to do, man. If I'm not careful, I can be that lump on the couch too. That's 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 where I put all the weight on was doing that, you know. Netflix is awesome, but it also helps you to stay and be a lump on the couch. So 100%. Yeah. 100%. So, well, man, um, I appreciate you taking time to sit down and talk to us. Do me a favor and thank your wife for uh, lending you to us for, for a little bit. Uh, um, I wish you luck, you know, with uh, the 75 hard and um, every, everything, the house, everything you got going on. Again, it was good to talk to you again, and um, I'll be 
I'll be in touch real soon. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate the invite. I mean, first of all, we did yard work this weekend and <laughs> I thought we were done and she just keeps going. So thank you because this is why I was able to jump in the shower and, and come start filming this. So, um, <laughs> Thank you. But seriously, man, it's great to talk to you again. It has been so long. You know, I know after the army, I got on a plane and flew out to South Carolina and joined the army and you went and did your thing and uh, life kind of does that, but it's definitely great to see you again. Yeah, man, for sure. Yep. All right, man. And great to meet you guys also. Appreciate you joining us. Take it easy again. Thank you. Yes, nice sir. to meet yeah. you, man. Thank you all. Yeah, you too. All right, gents. So on to the main event. What is everybody warming up with tonight? I got some uh, just Makers 46 with standard. Right on. Yeah. So uh, Makers 46 is coming in at 94 proof with a mash bill of 70% corn, 18% wheat, and 14% malted barley. Um, this is just the standard Makers that they throw the French oak staves into for I think it's like six months or something along those lines. And this magical liquid comes out at the end. <laughs> Paul, what do you got? I'm starting off today with some uh, roulette rye. From Proof and wood. One of my favorites. It's a uh, source from MGP 95.5. Um, kind of proof age four years. Um, it's just one of those, one of the better 95.5s to me that you can find uh, budget-wise, 95.5s, I should say. Um, MSRP on this, is, it says on the website $29, but I can get it for $22 here by me somehow. Um, so don't tell anybody that because I don't want them to fix it. This is <laughs> one of my go-tos. Um, it's just a great 95.5 rye for $22 that I always have on hand. For whatever reason, I always get more cherry and like fruit for this rye than I do with other um, brands that get the 95.5 rye from MGP. So I don't know. I assume that's somewhat intentional because it's consistent um, off the many, many bottles that I've had of this. But um, yeah, it's one of, one of my go-to 95.5 proof rye. Proof and Wood is uh, sourcing some damn good 95.5 out of MGP. Yes, they're doing a lot of good things. Um, I did their seminar with them uh, at the New Orleans Bourbon Festival this past year. I think hell, we tasted through about 13 different offerings <laughs> that they had on hand. It was uh, it was intensive, but it was uh, everything they have is great. I mean, there's everything the line that they're putting out, you know, from senator to the, what you know that, that whole you know uh, political line, if the you want to call it that, the DC line. Yeah, that everything I've had from that that's great. Um, we tasted some some older stuff at the festival that he had. I can't exactly remember. I think he had 13 years something. There was, there was some good sample. I, I was very impressed. Cause like I said, I, I love this budget bottle, but from this on up, they're doing some good stuff. So I got a, uh, a sample from our friend, Wayne Swift, some uh, Rubicon Creek distillers blend. Um, this is from uh, Dayton Barrel Works, and the only price that I could really find on it is about $105 or so. Um, I don't know if that's what he actually paid for this. Um, it is a blend of straight bourbon whiskey and straight rye whiskey, and then finished in Colombian rum barrels. 
and he's written on here a hundred proof. Um, that's really the best information that I have as far as mash bill or any of that. Um, I can definitely get rum and bourbon notes on the nose and on the palate, it's, it's, it's rum and rye spice. Like we talked about last week, Paul, uh, Paul's, you know, those, those rum finished ryes are kind of a hit and miss kind of situation for Paul. Uh, I've probably not had enough to really say the same for myself because the only one that I have, um, I really, really liked this one is actually really damn tasty. Uh, I, I drank the whole damn sample bottle and I wish I had more. So I think you got that up in Cincinnati. I may have to make a trip. Sounds good. It is. It's quite tasty. I'm not sure if they source or what. Uh, it's actually my first experience with Dayton Barrel Works. I might have to do a little more research into them. I should have done more research before this particular episode, but I just kind of grabbed it up and said, this is what I'm going to start with and then ran down to start getting ready. So so we're ready to move on to the whiskey of the week. So this is a fresh crack for me. And I have had this bottle for five years now. I got this bottle as part of my bachelor party. We went to three different distilleries. This was the first distillery that we went to. And so this bottle holds special meaning to me because my best man bought this bottle for me while we were there. And even more so now because this distillery does not offer tours any longer. So you can't go there and buy this bottle anymore. You're fresh cracking. I'm probably going to be bottle killing. Oh, nice. So What we're going to be working on is 1792 small batch. And I've got a little bit of a uh, little bit of information here on this particular bourbon. So um, it's you know it's a straight bourbon um, made at Barton 1792 Distillery, which is owned by Sazerac. It's coming in at 93.7 proof, which is well below my usual proof point. I usually go for the higher. Proof points. Um, it's non-age stated, and around here I can get it for about thirty-three dollars. Uh, the mash bill is undisclosed, but it's marketed as a high rye, so it's believed to be somewhere between fifteen and twenty-five percent rye in the mash bill. Um, seventeen ninety-two uh, was once known as seventeen ninety-two Ridgewood Reserve, and then seventeen ninety-two Ridgemont Reserve. And um, they've expanded the line to include sweet wheat, foolproof, single barrel, bottled and bond, port finish, 12 year, and the ever elusive 225th anniversary edition that I have never seen in person. Um, I have most of the others. I don't have a sweet wheat. I don't have a port, but I have all the others. Um, when it was still known as 1792 Ridgemont Reserve, the bottle had an eight year age statement on the back but that statement was removed in 2013. So I got some nosing notes from breakingbourbon.com. We've got rye spice, vanilla, caramel, 
and ethanol and then traces of oaks traces of oak that lingers underneath quote unquote let's let's see how accurate that is or at least let's see how my 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 nose compares to those notes i definitely get the rye and the caramel and the oak that's basically what i'm getting yeah ethanol's there too i see what they're saying yeah. with that it's for 93 proof you're getting its nose is a lot hotter than that yep i get the ethanol i was getting ready to say that yeah um and one thing that they said in their notes uh for nosing and palate was that at least for the guy that wrote the review uh it seemed as though uh it would be hotter than it actually is. It, it seems like it should have a, a higher proof point than it does because of, you know, the, the nosing notes and again, his palate. So, all right. So let's go ahead and dive on into this. Shall we? Yeah. It, do, it doesn't drink as hot as it noses. It actually doesn't. Not a, wouldn't, I wouldn't even guess not at all. Be, yeah. I wouldn't even guess it to be 93, to be honest, if I was doing this blind, I would guess it to be in the mid eighties probably. So it definitely drinks lighter. The oak kind of carries through. A little bit of vanilla pulls through. It's just got some spice on the back end. You know that rise there. I get bubble gum too. Do you guys get bubble gum at all? There's a there was a sweetness that I was kind of saying vanilla, but it wasn't. It was like a candy vanilla or tootsie roll vanilla, which could be like kind of a bubble gum. I'm definitely getting some oak and some vanilla. I'm not getting any caramel. I'm hardly getting any rye spice, especially for something that's supposed to be a high rye bourbon. Um, I get that more on the finish. On the finish, I can see it a little more. Yeah. 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 It's it, it's the the sides of the tongue with some spice and just lingers there. It's definitely sweet. I mean, the, the sweet mm -hmm. outpowers the spice. Um, it's a good sipper. I mean, it's definitely a bourbon i would recommend for you know introductory bourbon for somebody that you know wants to get into bourbon it's, it drinks light it hits on different a couple different areas of the palate uh, from sweet to spicy it's got a good balance so uh, yeah this is one I've, i'd recommend for everyday sipper or just getting into the world of whiskey yeah definitely it's uh for especially for the price right and the, the 1792 bottles are, you know, they got a kick-ass bottle shape. The stoppers are fucking heavy duty, you know. Um, you can knock somebody out with the damn thing if you needed to. They're, I mean, it's it's um, it's good. And the expanded line are fantastic. I've got several store picks of the foolproof. Um, I've got the 12-year, couple bottle and bonds, couple single barrels. The single barrels are really, really tasty. Um it's a it's a, it's it's pretty good right it's you don't you don't uh feel bad for killing the whole bottle because it's 30 bucks 33 bucks 35 bucks whatever um you could share it with your friends you know you're not you're not breaking the bank to do so that's pretty good yeah like i said it's a good looking bottle to have on a shelf whether it's just a small batch or any of the other neck colors with the different variations um even taking a step up with the thomas moore line uh that they put out you two years ago maybe um which is their i guess they want to call that the premium line which they have finished port chardonnay and cap sav i believe for the three 
um, that they finished. They did, a, they did a release of four more last year, I think. Okay. Yeah. I think I have the port inside, and I know if I have the caps, uh, but yeah, those are those are good. They were hard to find at first, but then you know once you found them, they were good buys. I think I get them around here for like seventy to eighty bucks, so it's not breaking the bank. Um, I guess that, so as long as long as you stay with their premium lines, because they do make a couple. Barton makes a couple uh, bottom shelfers too um, that I wouldn't recommend. But uh, from small batch on up, I think Barton's doing a good job. I mean, they do produce military special, so. Um, I've never had the military special, but you know, you mentioned their bottom shelf lines and I'm not going to shit on the, the, the white label Barton, you know, it used to be bottle and bond. Now it's just straight up a hundred proof. It's not necessarily bottled and bond, but I will admit that I have several bottles of that here in the house because it's, it's, it's a hundred proof for next to nothing. You can always find it. You can mix it. You know, you you may not drink it straight, but it's 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 a decent mixer for sure. So it's not something you're going to be pissed off if you uh, go through the whole bottle in one night. And you're sitting around with some friends and you're making mixed drinks and whatever. You know what I mean? But the the military special, yep. I've 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 act, no, I've, I've actually had military special. I take that back. I've had it one time. It was sent out uh, during poor company, um, and it wasn't bad that I recall. It, it it could have been. It wasn't as bad as I had been led to believe. Yeah, I remember it to be completely opposite. I remember it to be an <laughs> Yeah, absolute drain pour. But I mean, yeah. they also they also do some work with one of those uh, membership big box stores, and they produce some pretty good stuff for them that I've had too. So, um, with the what's the Kirkland brand? The Kirkland, yeah. yeah. I mean, for the price for what's in those bottles, that's uh, that's at least it was coming out of Bart. I, I don't know if it's still all coming out of Bart for what they're putting out, but I mean. Overall, Barton's a good distillery. I mean, yeah. there's, there, there's not a whole lot you can say. Just wish them luck so they don't have any more accidents because I th think they've had two significant accidents over the last couple of years. So, you know, knock on wood, it doesn't come in threes. Yeah, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of history there too, right? It's, um, I mean, it's been around for a long, long time. It was, a, I mean, it, since 1879 um yeah. and it's have you guys actually seen like the who's actually worked or started up and everything like how it became about back in the day i found an article and i started reading it and it was nuts with the names that started popping up uh mattingly family was part of it really? jay mattingly's really um the, the willets were part of it so apparently uh john graves mattingly had a son who married into the Willett family. Um, they had a, the Willets had a distillery named Frank and Willett distillery. And when Papa Willett decided to pass it along, um, to the, uh, the Mattingly family and, and the, and the, the kids and Thomas S. Moore showed up and yeah, it's, it was in, I was reading it. I was like, holy shit, these names are huge. And then I guess, um, I think it was Mattingly sold out to some investors and Moore was like, nope, I don't want this. And decided to buy the property across the street, build his own distillery. The investors folded, went under, he bought that distillery. And that's now the Barton distillery. 
the whole property area now. It's like, holy shit, that's a long list of names right there. Well, have have you guys ever been to the Barton Distillery? I have not. No. So it's it's um it's not as clean and polished as some of today's distilleries are, some of the tours that you take, whatever. It's very industrial. And that was something I really appreciated. Whenever you took the tour, um, whenever I took the tour, anyway, um, since you can't take the tour anymore, um, they take you into the still house and you end up having to go up these huge metal stairs up onto a, a catwalk type situation. And they take you up to the tippity top of the still house. And then that's where the outlet into their uh, into their high wines box is. And they take two glasses, at least pre-COVID, and fill them up with this lit right out of the still and set them down on a barrel. And then they just say, go, go, go drink it. And so you do. And it's, I mean, it's, but it's, it's very, it was, it's very industrial, very matter of fact, and to the point, this is what we do, right? We make whiskey and this is where it is that we do it. And this is how we do it. And there's not really any bells or whistles. Their visitor center was really nice. It's, it, it is, but as it should be, right. You want your visitor center to be in it, but the rest of it, they just, they were like, Hey, we're, we're not here to, to, you know, necessarily, you know, give you butterflies, uh, uh, you know, whenever you look at our distillery or whatever, this is what we do. And this is, this is what it is and you can accept it or not. And I really appreciated that about it because it wasn't dressed up. It wasn't super fancy and all that stuff. I really liked that. And, um, you know, they, what I thought was cool and I actually have it here in, in my bar, um, as part of my bar, uh, one, one of my, my bars covered in barrel staves and one of the staves actually had a bung hole in it. And I used the bung. They don't give you a wristband or they didn't give you a wristband, uh, to show that you were on a tour. They gave you a bung. This is Barton 1792 on it. And I put that into the bung hole of that particular stave that's attached to my bar. And it's still there right now. It, it was really, it was really cool. And that was my first distillery tour actually was Barton. And like I said, I've had this bottle, uh, since then. And I just now opened it because, you know, it's special to me and I have no plans to kill that bottle. I'll buy another one. I'll leave that one just because I didn't have another one in the house. That's why I opened that one. I'll buy another one and kill that bottle before this one gets touched again. And I'll continue buying other bottles of it and kill those bottles before this one gets touched again, I have certain bottles that are that are special to me that will never, never be finished, never be empty, you know that kind of thing. So that was a, that was a, a cool experience for me. Um, cool bottle. It's good stuff. It's it's a lot of people they do shit on the brand, and unrightfully so. I don't I don't think that there's any reason to really give them shit. They make quality whiskey i'm not mad that i'm drinking this right now and there's plenty of whiskeys that i've had i just wanted to throw it out as soon as i started drinking it this isn't one of them now it's funny you say that people give it a bad rep because that kirkland stuff that paul was talking about earlier at least around here you hear we got two costcos in the area it comes in and it's gone within a couple hours really yeah well, that's not really apparently people around here don't work 
<laughs> that's not really how it is here. At least when it first came out, yes, people were going and and buying it up, but it was coming in to Costco in such huge quantities, at least here in Kentucky, that there were, you know, if they released the bottle to bond on a particular day, there were they were setting it out in pallets like they do at Costco. But as soon as that pallet was done, they'd wheel it out and bring another one in. So you didn't have any problems getting your hands on one. I've got, I've got the small batch. I've got the single barrel. I've got the bottle and bond. Uh, my wife went to Costco not too long ago and they just happened to have some just out of nowhere. And the best part is, I mean, it's, well, the price is probably the best part, but it's in a liter bottle or, or no, I'm sorry. It's in a one seven five. It's in a one seven five. You know, you get it for the same cost that you would pay for a fifth of some other brands at, you know, other liquor stores. And it's worthwhile. You know, it's it's a worthwhile distillate. It's not something that you're going to be pissed about. It's not something you're going to be mad that you spent the money on. It's not going to be something that you're mad that you're drinking. Again, you can mix it or you can drink it straight. So it's, it's a, like I said, it's a worthwhile distillate and i think people need to uh back off a little bit of of barton um you know we we've talked about jerry you and i have talked about um uh will it with jay and um you know a lot of people give that shit too that's the thing is i think a lot of people they form opinions about these distilleries based on the uh, they're comparing one whiskey to another you know and they're they're saying oh well this isn't a premium whiskey, so it's not worth my time. And a lot of people need to realize that a lot of the whiskeys that are actually worth your time more than others, maybe some of the ones that are sitting around on the shelf collecting dust. You need to pay attention. Hundred percent. So, hundred percent. And you know, I'm I'm sitting here drinking this, and I'm about to pour a little bit more because some of those rye characteristics come out a little more drinking that while smoking this cigar did you guys get that as well so the first third maybe half of the cigar yeah that came out towards i'm probably on this second half almost second uh the second third of the cigar now um it almost kind of went away more of the sweetness came out probably because i'm getting a little bit deeper in the cigar and more of the heavier flavors are coming out for me in the cigar but um started out with the rye spice and now it's starting to fade away yeah, I feel like it changed the seventeen ninety two into much sweeter than I normally get. Yeah, seventeen ninety two. When I was drinking the the roulette rye, which is you know ninety five five, it changed that completely too. It made it much more spicy, mm-hmm. much more rye forward. Um, so I could tell. I mean, it's, it's definitely definitely alters perception of what I'm getting on my palate. Um, but yeah, it, it made the 1792 sweeter to me than I had to pour this last night just to kind of refresh my memory on what it was because I knew mm-hmm. we were in it today and I hadn't had it in a while and it's much sweeter right now with the cigar. So I get sweetness up front while smoking this cigar, but what I get for my mid and back palate, chocolate, coffee, rice spice. That's that's all that I get right now. And that coffee is really prominent now that I'm now that I'm talking about it. That has something to do with the cigar as well, right? Um but it's um 
it's wonderful. I like it. And that's, that's also something that I've noticed when I include tobacco with my bourbon drinking experience is there's, there's usually some coffee notes that jump out at me, but, um, this cigar is dark. It's bold. It's full flavored. It's, um, you know, there's a lot going on with this particular cigar and the cigar that we're talking about is a Liga Pravada number nine. Um, I believe you guys have the same Robusto that I have. So this came in at about five inches long with a ring gauge of 54. The wrapper is Connecticut Broadleaf. The binder is Brazil Matafina, which I did a little research on that. And uh, Matafina is a premium tobacco produced in Bahia, Brazil. I hope I'm pronouncing that properly. I'm probably not. It's sun-grown and stalk-cut. The whole plant is harvested at one time, and then it's fermented. And uh, it's named for the Brazilian region in which it's grown. Um, the filler is from Honduras and Nicaragua. The origin is Nicaragua. Uh, it's got a full strength and a wrapper shade of Maduro. A box so of 24 comes in at about $353.65. On jrcigars.com, I got two of these for just over 50 bucks, and our friend Wayne found some in Cincinnati for about $12 per, so I had him send me another. Um, Jerry, I heard you to start to say something there, and I, I cut you off. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. I was just going to touch on the, the Maduro. Um, Maduro just means ripe or matured. Um basically uh, age for an extended period of time instead of just like the standard amount of time. Um, they say it, it creates a sweeter taste and aroma. And the longer the tobacco leaf is aged, the darker the wrapper and the sweet, the sweeter the cigar will taste. Um, one of my not go-tos, but a favorite cigar of mine is a Maduro Oscuro, which is near black coffee status like dark and it the first time i tried it i thought it was going to be like this heavy like just pow in your face no it was sweet and amazing and so i'm a big fan of maduros and like the darker maduros so this is um i can definitely get some of those sweeter notes uh sometimes on jr cigars you can find actual tasting notes i'm not seeing anything specific to this particular cigar however um you know it's um it's it's one of my favorites and you know uh it's it's it, it is dark it is sweet and it does pair well with this particular whiskey um a lot of whiskeys a lot of whiskeys that's the thing is that i, I want to make that clear that you know, part of this, part of the mission of this particular podcast is to talk about cigar and whiskey pairings, but it's not necessarily to talk about which cigar goes best with a particular whiskey. It's more to talk about a, uh, talk about the particular whiskey pairing that we put the cigar with in our show and whether or not it works well with what we've got going on. So um, I, I think that we made a good choice here. Generally, I like full flavors, period. I like, um, you know, uh, 
high proof whiskeys, strong, dark cigars, um, rare steak, that kind of thing. But the lightness of this particular whiskey and the full flavor of this particular cigar are working very well together, at least on my palate. How about you guys? No, it, it, like me and Paul were saying earlier, the sweetness of the of the whiskey came out. Um, I'm now getting a little bit, I don't want to say burnt chocolate, but um, like a darker, almost baker chocolate, a little bit bitter um, on the cigar, but it's actually working really well with the, with the, the whiskey, whether it's the 1792 or the actually just pulled a little bit more of the makers 46 and both of them are fantastic together. Yeah. Like a lot of, like cocoa, like I, I get that baker's chocolate where it's like yeah, that non-sweet chocolate, but then that brings out the sweetness I think from the whiskey. Um, definitely getting like a little bit the deeper I go into the cigars, the whiskey's getting a little bit fruitier. I don't know if the dryness and the, the coffee undertones of the cigars bringing out a little bit of the sweeter fruits of the 1792 because I, I just killed the bottle. Um, definitely getting sweeter and getting fruitier and um it's making when i go back to the cigar after taking a sip really pulls for it that chocolate that cocoa mm -hmm. that coffee a uh, little nuttiness it's it's a yep. good pairing with the whiskey that's sweet and cigar that's uh you know bold so i got a I, little bit more on this this cigar if you guys want to go into it yeah let's do it i got a little bit too go for it so so you were talking about tasting notes, um, not on JR cigars, but actually on the Drew Estates, who actually produces these. Right. They say it's a lush, earthy, and espresso like with an incredibly dense body. Not really tasting notes or whatever, but definitely get that espresso coffee, a little bit of that earthiness. Um, but Liga Pravada actually stands for or means uh, private blend. Yes, sir. Uh, so these were. These were actually initially rolled for the the rollers and the high executives of Drew Estates. It was their personal cigar. It wasn't released to the public. And that was until 2007 when they're just like, all right, we're going to put it out to you guys. It's uh, seven different tobaccos from seven, seven different farms or Vegas is what they call them. And the wrapper, like I was talking about the Maduro, is hand fermented for 18 plus months. Um and then apparently Drew Estates only has four pairs of certified hands that are able to roll and make these cigars. And they're only allowed to make 250 cigars a day. Uh, they want to keep that high quality cigar going. They don't want any hiccups while it's going on. And then the cigars age for one year before even sent out to stores to be sold to, to us. So they're, they're trying to keep it a, a premium cigar. And they're doing a damn fine job with it. Damn right there. That's that's actually exactly what I had, Jerry. Um, the only other thing that I could add to that was I looked it up uh, why they're so rare. And another reason, on top of what Jerry just touched on, was the fact that the Connecticut broadleaf, the production time, the 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 growing the growing period for that is so small and 
the way that they only take, if, if memory serves, they only take like the top couple leaves off the plant. Mm -hmm. So with that being the case, everything else that's thrown into the mix, it's, it's really, really hard to actually produce um, a whole lot of cigars, right? They can't mass produce something like that. So, um, and it, it, <laughs> it, it saddens me to know all that, but at the same time, I understand. Um, like I said, I bought, I bought this one and another one for, I think it was $53. And so I wasn't real excited about doing it, but I was excited as hell to, I, I was almost skipping out of the store because I was able to find them. Um, I've only ever had, this is only the, the, the second one I've ever had. And, um, our friend JD from a non-existent podcast at this point, um, because it ran its course, that is his favorite cigar as well. And immediately upon smoking that cigar, I was blown away, completely blown away. This is a fantastic cigar. Um, I wish there were more of them. Uh, I wish they were more readily available. And uh, I, I talked to my brother uh, about, about these cigars not long ago. And he was like, well, if you want to go in on a box, you know, I'll split the cost with you. Sure. I'll, I'll drop 140 bucks on a box, split it with you and take 12 of them. I'm fine with, I mean, it's, it seems That's like a lot. A and price. It, no, it's not, but it, uh, jrcigars.com has amazing prices. Um, and they got fast shipping and they've got a membership program. You pay 40 bucks a year and it's flat shipping or it's, it's free shipping on everything. And it doesn't matter if you pay $2 or if you pay $200, it's free shipping period as long as you pay that $40 membership. And they've got a great selection. So uh, I can't say nice enough things about that website. I really like that website. But this cigar is absolutely amazing. It it really checks all the boxes for me, right? It it smokes well. It's It doesn't burn unevenly. It burns... Uh, it, it's it's packed nicely, so it's not too hard to draw on, um, but it doesn't burn so fast. It's not packed so loosely that it burns way too fast, or or um, and it doesn't go out unnecessarily. Like you you know you don't have to relight it six or seven times. I've had to relight this one because I put it down for ten minutes at a time through this recording. But um, it's it's just a wonderful cigar. It's a wonderful cigar. And these guys are doing great things. Yeah, no, it, it burns evenly. I mean, I'm I'm sitting outside on the back porch. I got a breeze coming from behind me off the water, and, I, and it's hot as hell out here. So I have a fan blowing right at my face, and I have a fan blowing at my legs. The sun will start sweating, and so I got a whirlwind of air going. And it's it's I've only had to relight it once. So, I mean, it's staying lit. Yeah, same here. It, it burns evenly. It's got a nice draw. I mean, it's yeah, it's it's a great cigar. It was tough for me to find. Um, when we decided last week this was going to be the one, um, I got a great little uh, shop down the street for me. They did not have any, and they didn't expect to have any in stock. I looked online with shipping being the way shipping is. I mean, that with the strikes and everything like that, uh, it wasn't going to happen for me. So luckily, I was able to be working in Virginia one day and found a nice shop that had a couple boxes of them, actually. Um, so I was able to grab a couple um I'm glad I was. I'm glad I was able to get it because I'd be sitting here very jealous if I was watching you guys smoke these without me. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know if I've been lucky over the years, but 
Um, seems like every time I go, we got a couple really good cigar shops around me. Um, and every time I go in either looking for one or just trying to find something I want, they always seem to have a box or two sitting there. Um, typically they're about 15 to 18 bucks around me. I found a new shop recently. We moved within the last two years. So I found one closer to me. Uh, they had it for, I think it was like 18 bucks. Um, so yeah, if you guys ever want one, just let me know. Like yeah, I, said, I don't know if I've been, I don't know if I've been lucky and just coming in the day they get the shipment, but I, I haven't had too much trouble finding these. That's where I found it. 18 bucks. It was a little shop. It was called Cigar Town. And yeah. yeah. It was uh, right next to an ABC that I was popping into just because I've, when I'm in Virginia for work, I always pop in whatever local ABC and see whatever's on the shelf. And uh, you got to find those ABCs. They got some good stuff. Yeah. So it's right next door and uh, walked in and asked. And he's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, so uh, now please find it. And yeah, no, it's, it's great smoke. Well, um, I think it's time to move on to this pours on me, gentlemen. This week, we opted to go with what we already had. We didn't send samples to one another, um, but we decided to go with the same brand. I personally am pouring the Barrel Bourbon, the 2021 New Year. This is the cast strength. It's a good one. Uh, it is. It's coming in at 113.9 proof. That's 59.65 abv um there were ten thousand five hundred and eighty one bottles of this produced i don't have a mash bill um and it it was distilled in kentucky tennessee indiana new york texas wyoming and colorado so uh lots of different mash bills to keep up with uh, bottled by Barrel Craft Spirits in Louisville, Kentucky. For those of you who may be hearing this and hearing my voice, it is pronounced Louisville. Not Louisville, not Louisville, Louisville. We got to get our buddy Mike on here to tell us. You take the first letter and Ville, that's it. That's pretty much Anything it. Anything in Kentucky, it's just... The L and Ville. That's this. It. This is Kentucky. So, uh, for those of you who don't consider it to be the South, you're wrong. Just listen to us talk. So, <laughs> gentlemen, what do you guys have in your glass right now? I went with probably one of my top five all time whiskeys is Barrel Sea Breast. Yes, sir. Absolutely fantastic um, blend of four different regions of whiskey from the three you previously said, which are Kentucky, Indiana, Tennessee, but we're adding some Canada. Our friends north of the border contributed to this blend, and it's um, 118.4 proof, um, made by Barrel Craft Spirits. It's um, finished in Martinique rum casks, agrigold casks, apricot brandy cast and madeira cast so it's uh 
just a flavor bomb. Of, it's a fantastic whiskey. It is so good. The first time I had it, I was blown away by just the the. I almost thought it was like a foolproof brandy at first on my first sip of this when I first had it when they released it. And I keep going back to it. I always have a bottle on the shelf. It's just it's just a good, well-rounded. I mean, the blends, the blending that they do at Barrelcraft is phenomenal. I mean, hats off. I mean, they're the ten years ago, you you wouldn't say the word blend whiskey in the United States, and now they're making a, a, a actual business out of it. You know, with them and others um, in the industry, but so good. It's so different. It's so wild. I mean, the fruit flavors that you get i mean it, it it tastes like you made a cocktail mixed with whiskey and brandy i mean and that's just fantastic i can't get enough of it this is like i said one of my favorites yeah so I, I was going to go with the seagrass but i knew paul was a big fan of that and that's probably what he was going to grab so i went with the barrel batch the barrel bourbon batch 32 um that was last year's release it's a blend of six eight ten and fifteen year old bourbons from tennessee kentucky and Indiana, um, coming in at 114.62 proof. And they uh, they basically blended these together because of the strong hazelnut, dark cherry notes from a couple of the barrels, along with the brown butter and apricot. And uh, they some of the barrels were high rye barrels that had the cinnamon and allspice that we all love. Um, big fan of it. Uh, originally was getting a bunch of that honey and cinnamon. Now it's just a citrus bomb with a cigar. So big fan of this one. I'm looking forward to batch 35 when I can find that one. Any, excuse me. Anytime that you can, uh, you can get a blend of Tennessee, Kentucky, and Indiana, right? At, at, that proof there's there's a good chance it's going to be pretty goddamn fantastic that's just all there is to it it's it's it uh, these guys are doing amazing things and you know they are by and large a ndp um they're 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 really doing amazing things and if anybody is listening and doesn't know um I know that that barrel can get kind of pricey, so if you want to try some of their products and 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 taste their wares, taste their abilities, try out Stellum. Stellum is fantastic. The bourbon, yep. The rye, the, the rye, rye, the rye is so good. Stellum oh. rye is fantastic. Oh my goodness, it is so good. Best fifty dollar rye out there. It's right in that category. I mean, yeah, and awesome. they have they have a Stellum rye black now. So that's yeah. gonna that's gonna run you about a hundred bucks or so. I've not it. had it, but I'm I'm willing to bet that wow. it is worth every penny. It is. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, everything they've done. I've, I've not I have not had a bad barrel product, and that's it's hard to not say at all. That about a producer is that they they don't make anything bad, and I have not had. It. I mean, I've had store picks. I've had you know every everything they put out is fantastic and then it they are on the higher end of you know a budget style whiskey i mean everything they make is you know, 200 and lower but 
the Stellum is a great start to get into the brand at forty nine ninety nine most places. Um, the the you know the seagrass and the ones you guys have are probably in the you know seventy five to one hundred dollar range. I know the seagrass for me is like seventy nine ninety nine usually. I, yeah, I think this one was yep. uh, eighty five plus. Yeah. But, yeah, I think this the uh, batch thirty four was around that eighty eighty five. Yeah, but these are sippers. These are good. Finish the night, you know. Have a couple pours, and this is the nightcap type of like. This is where I want to be. This is what this yep. is supposed to taste like, kind of uh, pour. So. Yeah, and they're so, you know, you you said where the taste should be. Their rise. You know, not, not ex- excluding the seagrass. So, like the Stellum rye, that is that that checks all the boxes for a rye that you would want. And Paul can attest to that because Paul is probably probably a bigger fan of rye whiskey than myself or Jerry. And um, it's just it's it's a phenomenal rye. And kudos to them for recognizing the fact that hey, we're making premium whiskeys and. You know, the prices are right for their barrel line. And truth be told, they could charge more for the Stellum line, but they wanted to make their whiskeys more accessible. And so they decided to make a line and uh, uh, for, for a lower price. And I've never bought a bottle of the Stellum rye or the Stellum bourbon and been disappointed. And that speaks to their consistency because... It's every bottle that I've had tasted just as good and nearly exactly the same as the bottles that I had previous to that. And they're not all from the same batch Uh, by nature of what they do. They can't be. So with that being said, their palates are on point to, 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 I mean, to, to a, a sharp point, right? They, they're, these guys know what they're doing and they do it well and hats off to them because they're, they're everything that they've produced that I've ever had. And I've had, I've had the apricot finished. I've had the seagrass. I've had several different versions of just their standard barrel. I've had, uh, I don't know, four or five bottles of the Stellum bourbon and I've got, three bottles of the Stellum rye upstairs right now that now that I'm speaking about it, wish I had brought one down here with me. Um, fantastic, fantastic, consistent, delicious. Uh, the, the price point is spot on, you know, um, we're not all about the budget bourbons here. Um, but none of us are against, or not all about the budget whiskeys here, but none of us are against those, those, those budget whiskeys. Um, I mean, yeah, barrel a couple years ago, they had the, like I'm drinking the batch 34 bourbon. They, they came out with a, a barrel rye batches. I didn't try batch one. I have batch two, which is a blend of Indiana and Poland, I believe. And batch three, which I wish I grabbed is a blend of Poland, Indiana, and Canada, Canadian rye. Um, they they stopped doing those batches for a while. I don't know why. I don't know if they had trouble sourcing them or they were leaving them to the Stellum lineup. But 
they are now releasing batch four of the rye. I don't know any of the, um, I don't know any of the, the shit. I was trying to draw it. I don't know about any of the, the, what, where it's, uh, distilled or anything like that from, but I'm looking forward to it. They recently released the, uh, private select rise where it's finished in everything from port cask and cognac to armagnac to, to kai or to koji however you want to say it so looking forward to what barrel rye is coming out with within the next year or two yeah absolutely and just i mean the blends that they do are fantastic and they're, they're on the shelf i mean that's the biggest thing with barrel is that they, they put out the different blends and they come and they go because they are, they do different batches, but you can always find a barrel blend on the shelf for 85 bucks or so and yep. get it. I mean, like we were talking about the allocated products before they're great. Seek them out. If you can find them at cost, great, but barrel for what they're doing and the whiskey that's in the bottle $85, you don't need to be hunting down all those super allocated bottles. This is like it's better. For me, this barrel seagrass, I would take over a lot of those other high-end uh, oh, yeah. bottles that we just talked about, and I know I can get it off the shelf for 80 bucks. I can drive down the road right now and get it. So, I mean, it's overlooked, I think. Um, I don't. I think the stigma of blending is going away. Um, I think it's pretty much gone, but um, I think that still plays a part where people still have their, you know, the heritage brands, allocated whiskey trumps this newer blended brand of whiskey, which that's got to go away soon because, you know, barrel seagrass is better than a lot of those bappy lines. I'm, I'm just going to throw that out right now. <laughs> you know. Well, for that matter, Stellum, right? Yeah. Stellum, Stellum can outperform a lot of these, a lot of these uh, allocated whiskeys, that, and that's just all there is to it. Uh, I don't care what anybody tells me; it's that's just the truth. It, and that's that that's just attributed to the fact that there are a lot of folks in the industry now who really care, right, about what they're doing as opposed to caring about the bottom line so and and let, let's be real about it there's there are folks out there that are involved in some of these bigger brands that are producing these allocated bourbons and they don't have a choice but to care because they have share shareholders to report to they have boards of directors to to report to whatever and then you've got folks like barrel and jay mattingly and things like this where they've got themselves and that's it. And they know what they like and they know what's good. And they go and do these things and other people like them too, because what they like is what the average whiskey drinker is going to like. They, what they like is, is because they approach it from that perspective, right? They approach it from the perspective of I'm a whiskey drinker. I want to make these drinks for people who like these drinks the way that I like them. It doesn't need to be a high price attached to it. And yeah, 80 bucks, a hundred bucks, 
can seem like a lot. It really can for an everyday whiskey. But the truth of the matter is you could end up paying a whole lot more for something that tastes a lot worse. I, I mean, that, and that's that just being honest. Pappy Van Winkle, we've touched on this. We've touched on this here. We've touched on this at the at, at, at Poor Man's Poor. Pappy Van Winkle is a quality product. There's no question about it. But there's no reason to pay thousands of dollars for this bottle. Now, we talk about evaporation. We talk about, you know, loss of product. We talk about taxation on proof gallons for every year that that particular whiskey ages in that barrel. So the higher price is justified, but it's not justified into the thousands. If, 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 if no. you want to look if for my money and I'm not a, I'm not a scotch fan so much. I don't dislike scotch, but I'm not, I'm, I'm a bourbon fan. I'm a rye fan. I'm not a scotch fan so much. If you want to talk about the higher prices that are justified in the thousands, we need to talk about the 20 and 30 and 40 year scotches. That's where the price is justified, right? It's, it's, it, that's where it's justified because those scotches, those whiskeys are very, very hard to come by. They're produced in very small batches. That's all there is to it. Something like a, a, a Pappy, you know, or, or, you know, if you want to bring the price down on secondary or retail period, Let's talk about Blanton's. Blanton's is produced in much higher quantities than a Scotch is, and, or, or a much higher quantity than a Pappy Van Winkle is. And it's not aged nearly as long, but still, it goes for 100 plus on secondary market. And it fucking, you know, flies off the shelves anytime that it's available. It's a quality whiskey. Don't get me wrong. But it's not something that should be, it, it shouldn't be sold on the secondary market. You know what I mean? Uh, Old Weller Antique should not be sold on the secondary market. Um, Weller Reserve should not be sold on the secondary market. That's not a thing that should be happening. The same is true with Pappy Van Winkle to an extent. There should be more bottles of it available. And the only reason that it's not more available than what there currently are is because people buy it up because they know they can sell it for 10, 20, 100 times retail price. It gets, you know, it did. And, and, and people hold it back at liquor stores too. They know this is coming home with me. I'm going to do this thing with it, whatever. And I know that it's scarce. I know that there's not a lot of it to actually sell at retail, but it should be available. 15 years ago, I could walk into a store and see old Rip sitting on a shelf for retail, and it would sit there. It would fucking sit there. And then by virtue of product placement and all this whatever artificial scarcity, all of a sudden we're seeing this ridiculous markup on it. And there are plenty of whiskeys out there, like Stellum, that are coming in at 40 50 bucks depending on where you live maybe 60 worth it a hundred times over and and that's the thing is a lot of people they tend to stick to labels and they tend to stick to what they think they know versus what is the actual truth well, it's and the there's media aspect of it too i mean there it's 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 
it's not even marketing by the brand. It's the, the social media aspect of fucking holding the bottle on your lap when you buy that store. You know, you get lucky and you win it in the lottery and you get it for 400 bucks or whatever. And then, you know, you're going to go home and you're going to take a bunch of pictures of it and put it on your social media. And then you're going to sell it for $3,000. Some dude who may drink it because he's super wealthy and he just wants to show off to his friends. Or he may try to fucking do the whole social media game himself and flip it to somebody else. You take the whole aspect of enjoying whiskey out of it when that comes in you know i it it, it kind of disgusts me to see these bottles floating around from lap to lap literally um on social media that aren't going to get drunk and if they do it's going to get drunk by some dude who just wants to throw a couple grand at a bottle and open it up and mix it with coke or just to do it as a status symbol and it's like that is fantastic whiskey that you guys are passing around selling for you know t- 10 times 15 times you know whatever drink the goddamn whiskey you know, enjoy it right right if you're, gonna, if you're gonna treat a brand like that if you're gonna do it like that then it taints the name for true whiskey fans you know it, it, well, it really taints the name does. for everybody yeah everybody and, across the board and that's i think what we're trying to say is like realistically most people that are listening to us right now aren't going to find a bottle of that kind of allocation just you're not going to walk into a store and just be like ooh. How much is that? Oh, 189. I'll take that. No, you're not. So we're trying to give you an idea of something else that you can buy that is as good, if not better than the liquid that's in that bottle that people aren't, you know, posting all over social media. And a lot of these barrel products are that. And there's a lot of different brands that have the same thing going on for them that aren't like crazy allocated because they don't have that crazy you know social media you know i gotta get my followers up so i gotta buy me this three thousand dollar bottle and post that i'm drinking it with my boys you know no you don't need to do that if you come across it you can get a good decent pour for 40 bucks at a bar or something like that and you want to try it by all means i recommend it because it is fantastic whiskey but you don't have to seek out that search that trying to show you there's a lot of other brands that are under 100 bucks that are fantastic well you know um if you can afford to do that more power to you you know if you can afford to run out and buy those allocated bottles every time they pop up you know like i said or like like i have said before i'm a capitalist you know I'm, i'm all about it um as long as it's sustainable, right? We're talking about a, a, a sustainable market. Capitalism is, you know, you, it, it's, you don't want to run a market out of sustainability. You want to be able to reproduce that product. That's, that's capitalism, right? You, you need to, you know, but, you know, if you can afford to do that, great. That's, that's, that's fantastic. Good for you. Um, but but for the average person, that's not that's not a thing. I can't afford to run out and do that. I've got four children. I've got things that are more important to worry about than being able to run out and grab these allocated bottles every time they drop. I've never stood in a line. I've never camped out. I've never done any of that bullshit. And not to knock anybody that has or does do those things. 
if you've got the time and you have the ability, great. But, you know, don't go out and buy three, four bottles of this shit. Leave something for the next guy. You know, there doesn't need to be the scarcity. It's, it's, it's fabricated. It's false. It's artificial. Um, yep. and, and that's all there is to it. But when I go to a liquor store, I start out, I see the sign up on the wall that says bourbon. Head there. Start. I look down. And I go all the way down the aisle, looking three foot and down. I go all the way down the aisle and I look down. I want to see that bottom shelf because I know there's some fantastic bottles that get overlooked. They may be in a plastic fucking jug, but I know they're there and I know that people overlook them. And I go down and I look down first. When I get to the end of it, then it's when I start for the middle and up. And that's when I walk back towards the front. And I'm usually holding exactly one of those, a JTS Brown or an H&H and age or something like that. I'm usually holding a jug in my hand for $20, you know, that I found by looking down at the, the shelf when I went down first. And then I go back and I see if there's anything I haven't seen up at the top. But that's where you got to start. I mean, that's and that, that's where the good whiskey is. It's, it's good everyday drinking whiskey is at the bottom. Doesn't matter if it's in a plastic jug or not. I mean, it could be fantastic whiskey in a plastic jug. It doesn't have the marketing. It doesn't have the, you know, the sales numbers behind it. But you get that, that JTS Brown you're holding in your hand. If that if you get that at 100 proof, I mean, I'll put that up against a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, that's fantastic. Well, uh, let's let's talk about the beer product of the week, guys. Sure. Um, we are talking Fable Beard Co. And uh, these cats are doing the shit right. Now we first, or at least I first came across these guys on, you know, the, the same podcast that we met each other through, um, the blue collar bourbon show. And these guys are out of, I believe Franklin, Tennessee. Um, I personally, I have a different product than you guys do. I bought the strategist. Um, the, the price would have been about the same, about 18 bucks. Um, the listed scent profile on their website is aged tobacco, warm amber, fresh leather, and sweet vanilla. The ingredients are castor oil, coconut oil, sweet almond oil, argan oil, jojoba oil. Um, I definitely got a more leather forward scent profile. The tobacco scent sits on the back burner to the leather. Um, and it's definitely less tobacco scent than other tobacco scented uh, beard oils that I've used. That's not necessarily a bad thing. I generally like the tobacco scent to be a little stronger, but not a big deal. Uh, the vanilla is there, but it's very, very slight. My personal review is that the value is there. It's not greasy. It moisturizes and makes the beard soft. It protects the beard and face, so it doesn't, you know, it it, it provides, especially after I've washed my face, because you scrape away some of those natural oils whenever you wash your face. Um, it, it protects the beard and the face. It adds the, some of those oils back to your face that are there for protection. Uh, it does not clog my pores. Um, like I said, it's not as much tobacco as I would like, 
which is kind of a strange thing to say, right? A lot of people are not looking for tobacco scents to, you know, be their personal scent. But I, I find tobacco beard oil scents to be very pleasing and calming and soothing. Um, so this doesn't have as much tobacco scent as I would like, but the leather that sticks out is um, it's very pleasing and it's not overpowering. Like I said, the value was there. I, I definitely like what these guys are doing. Definitely recommend this to anybody else with a beard that's looking for a new product. Um, what do you What do you guys have? What What are your guys' uh, reviews on on their products? Yeah, Fable's been my brand for a while now. Um, I for years I've been buying products from Fable. They're one of my favorite brands. Um, I don't recall how I came across them, but they've been a staple in my cabinet. Um, their scents are crazy all over the place, especially their scripters online, but that's what I love. Um, the one I'm having today is the Patriot, which is sunshine and freedom beard oil. It's got a wonderful picture of a Patriot with a big old musket in his hand. I dig it. I'm going to buy it just because of what you just said. <laughs> I'm going to get it. Yep, and um, the there's what they say it's supposed to smell like is um, you know I mean they have great descriptors online on how it should smell and how it should feel. It says it's uh it's children and laughter on a spring afternoon watching while they play in the field. It's the crack of a bat in a stadium filled with friends. It's America, and that's why we made the Patriot, featuring a patriotic blend of Southern pecan pie. And fresh spring berries, creamy vanilla, and light musk. Oh my God! I have oh, to have man. this scent. I have to yeah, have it. Like, does, does it make you think of those things? I mean, it, it's it smells awesome. My daughter loves the scent. I mean, she, I put it on today, and she's, "Oh, what's that?" And you know, she's seven, and uh, it just smells so good. It smells like baked goods, but not in a way that you wouldn't want to wear it on your face. I mean, it smells it, it, it smells great. But the biggest thing about them. Before we go into all the weird stuff they do and all the scents and all the craziness they do, it's their ingredients. I mean, they're all natural. I can pronounce, I can say every word. I don't have to Google what that word is. I mean, the ingredients in this is coconut oil, castor oil, hope oil, argan oil, sweet almond oil, essential oils, fragrance oils. It's all natural. Glass bottles, no plastics. It smells fantastic. Put it in your hand, rub it through, you feel it spreads evenly. You put it in your beard, it spreads evenly. You yep. wash your hands, it comes off, which is great because it's a lot of that crap that you buy at the big box stores, you have to wash your hands two, three times for that shit to come off because of all the chemicals. But the good thing is it doesn't come off of your beard. You can smell it two, three hours later, four or five hours later, and it's still there. You can tell it's soaking in. It's getting into the follicles, getting into the face. Fables, then, like I said, one of my favorite brands. Um, they have crazy amount of different scents. I mean, they they do every. I mean, the, the different products they have are crazy too. I mean, they have balms, beard oils, colognes, deodorants. I mean, they they run the gamut, and it's all with the, the same scents that they make. Um, they do CBD products even. Um, they right now have an adventure pack online where 
it's only 25 bucks and you get five different samples of their beard oils which i think is a great deal i think i'm gonna buy myself because they're newer uh scents that i've had um they're just doing stuff right i mean a beard oil bottle like this i think it's a one ounce bottle for 18 bucks which is going to last you even with you know pretty substantial beard like i have it's going to last you a while it's well worth the money it's well worth the product do stuff right get on their website at uh i think it's fablebeardco.com they have all kinds of stuff you can get in their club you can earn you know bucks back for you know money spent they even have a thing i believe where if you spend the decent amount of money you can have your own blend made and sold to the public uh, i remember hearing about that um based out of franklin tennessee it's a good company using good products um i can't recommend them enough like i said i've been using them for years now and i have had no complaints uh, it feels soft smells great they're I wanted to bring this up though. I, I have right now in front of me, what I have left is I have Patriot, the wizard and the Cuban. And I just was, when Ken was, I was looking up the scents of the, the different ones I had. And it, I found it funny that the sense of the, um, the scent profile, I should say of the wizard here, are the four scent profiles is, Old Wand, Mystical Amber, Dragon's Blood Clone, and Magical Must. <laughs> so that just gives you kind of a sense of kind of where they're at. They're kind of weird. They're kind of funky. They're kind of fun. Um, like Ken said, marketing genius. Yeah, marketing genius. Yeah. You know, it, they, they're nondescript. They're fun. But all of their flavors i you know i've done sample packs over the years with them just try different scents and the only one i didn't like in all reality is it had a one base in patchouli and i wasn't i'm that just that scent just doesn't sit well with me but other than that i mean that's just my preference but everything is it's light it's fragrant when you put it on but it's light you don't know it's there that's one thing i hate beard oils when you put it on go out to a restaurant or something and you're smelling your you know cocktail or your whiskey or your steak or whatever and all you smell is you know lemon grass or whatever the hell was in your beard oil you know i don't want it to work i want it to help you know take care of my face and my beard but i don't necessarily want that smell to be prevalent um for you know when i when i leave the house so good product i fully support fable like i said they've been my go-to yeah i first uh heard about these guys through the podcast just like adam um i went with the hero scent which is what they put out light cologne rich tobacco mystical amber and whiskey notes um it's it definitely has that nice cologne clean smell to it um not so a little bit of tobacco um, I don't really get whiskey notes. I, I get a little bit of vanilla, which I guess could be whiskey notes. But um, yeah, I've been wanting to try these guys since I've heard them uh, a couple of years ago. And this is the first time I've actually purchased anything from them. But yeah, it's it's real nice. It's it's 
like they've been saying, it, it's light on the beard. It doesn't feel greasy or anything like that. Um, and then Paul touched up on it. It arrived, I think it was like Wednesday afternoon, and I put it in that night. And the next morning, it wasn't overpowering, but like I was like out up in the morning, I could still kind of smell a little bit of that scent. It sticks around for a little bit, but it's not like it's a, a crazy in your face, like sticks around like a candle. You're walking around with a candle. Um, the ingredients are the same as the other guys. And yeah, I'll definitely be looking at these guys some more often and most likely grabbing some other stuff about it. The one cool thing about them is the, they got a different character on all their bottles, which I thought was real cool. And it goes, follows that whole marketing aspect with it. Absolutely. Jerry mentioned the, the shipping. And like I said, the, uh, you know, getting it to us fast was, was, was very cool. But in the box that my oil came in, there was a, a, a an envelope, um, and it's clearly handwritten on the envelope. It says Adventure Bolden. Bolden is clearly my last name. Now, on the back side, there was a wax seal with an actual stamp. Um, and inside were two cards, um, and one of them was... Uh, it, it has a graphic on the front with what I'm guessing are uh, different types of oils or products that they have there. The Invasion, the Imposter, um, Destroyer, and the Mastermind. And they all have these comic-like characters, which I'm highly appreciative of because I'm a very big fan of comic books. On the back side of it, there's a card... On the back side of the card, it says, as the warm embrace of summer envelops us, we wanted to take a moment to express our heartfelt appreciation for your unwavering support and loyalty. Summer is a season of pure joy filled with sun-kissed adventures, lazy afternoons, and cherished memories. It's a time when we find solace in the simplicity of life's pleasures just like the enchanting tales weave within the pages of our beloved fable books. Your enthusiasm and passion for our stories inspire us to continue crafting magical worlds that transport you to realms unknown. So, as you bask in the golden glow of this season, know that our love for you, our cherished fable customers, is a is as boundless as the endless possibilities of summer itself. Sign the wizard and the princess with some pink lipstick lips. And then they sent another card here, which is, uh, you know, a, a, a cool caricature of the gentleman himself in wizard fashion. And uh, on the back, it says, you are the fabled army. Scan to join our Facebook group for a chance to win $500 in fabled products every week. Follow us on social media for more giveaways. And there are four QR codes here for YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Um, now, these themselves are, are pretty cool, but what really struck me as cool was the handwritten fashion on the front of this envelope and the wax stamp on the back that was clearly melted by them and stamped by them. 
Now, by them could be 20 employees that they have working for them, or it could be two, the wizard and the princess, for all I know. What I do know is that this is really fucking cool. This wax stamp right here is cool as shit. It was so cool to me that I didn't want to break it, so I opened the envelope across the top yep. so that I could keep the wax stamp intact because that's really, really cool. So um, hats off to these guys. The products are fantastic. The packaging is immaculate. The shipping was on point and, and fast. It got to me really, really quick. Um, the scents are great. Um, I was looking for something that I shouldn't, you know, because it's it, scents are hard to replicate across products, and that's all there is to it. Um, because a lot of these folks are using the same ingredients, so replicating and and making sure that those scents are, are um comparable to others is not something necessarily that we as consumers should look for. What I know is what they sent me top notch, absolutely fantastic. Great stuff. Like yep. I said, more leather yep. forward than tobacco, but, but absolutely great. And if I had the opportunity and the money to go in with them on a scent, it would be tobacco, vanilla, and whiskey. If we if we could make all three of those work out together, that I think that would be pretty fantastic. But these guys don't need uh, advice from me. They know what they're doing. This is this is some quality stuff, and what they put into the product, it's all natural. Um, and uh, hats off to them. And thank you, Paul, for 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 mentioning them to me, reminding me of them and sending me down that rabbit hole. I will be purchasing a lot more of their products. Yeah. This is my go-to brand for a couple of years now. I like to try different things, but I always come back to them and no complaints. I mean, from ordering shipping, you know, customer service, just the product in general, how it makes my beard feel, how it makes my face feel the sense. I mean, they, they got it. They're, they're, they're awesome. And then on top of that, like I said, their marketing is genius. And I think that's why people, other people know about their brand other than, you know, weird beard enthusiasts like us. Um, it's their marketing is awesome. I mean, it, every single bottle they have, they have a character on it. They have a story behind the character. Go to their website, read some of the stories, watch some of the videos. Then they have beard care tips and everything links to them. And, it's, it's it's a great brand, and the brand needs to blow up more than it has already in my mind. But um, it's 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 just quality beer products from shampoos, to conditioners, to colognes, deodorants, to balms. To, you know, I mean, they have it all. I mean, they're doing stuff right. This is exactly why I want to do this podcast to highlight brands like this. So again, that's going to be fablebeardco.com for the cigar that we review today. That's going to be drewestate.com. And for the whiskey, that's going to be 1792distillery.com. Check those products out. They're all fantastic. That's going to do it for another episode of Bourbon Beards and Belvedere's. 
We hope that you enjoyed this episode. We hope that you enjoyed our guest. You can you can find him on YouTube at Ken Sconson. Please like and follow us on all social media platforms. You can find all of our social media platforms on our website at bourbonbeardsandbelvederes.com. We hope you join us on the next episode. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers Bourbon Beards and Belvederes is produced by Adam Bolden, Paul Rousseau, and Jerry Ferrisier. Editing by Adam Bolden. Music by Ryan Johnson. You can find the links to all our social media accounts on our website at bourbonbeardsandbelvederes.com. As always, enjoy your bourbon and cigars responsibly. Cheers.